0: Welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast with my parents, Clark and Bobby. We're excited to talk about the Bible and the Holy Spirit adventures. Thanks for listening.
1: Uh, It begins, the day of the Lord. This is an Old Testament phrase that has been used uh, throughout a lot of Paul's writing, but especially the Old Testament. This was a statement that was used when God judged his enemies and established his kingdom. So there have been many In multiple days of the Lord, God has even had to straighten out his own people over time. And so like there have been days of Mm. the Lord where he has come and brought retribution and justice to his people and against his people. So in the grand story, though, there is going to be one final day of the Lord, and that's when Jesus Christ comes back. There's the eternal judgment, the separation of the sheep and the goats, the believers and the non-believers, Satan, his demons, and those who said, I don't want life with God. They get to go to the pit of fire. And everybody else who acknowledges Jesus Christ as Lord gets to go and be with him. And so that's what, you know, verses one and two are getting out. Now, brothers and mm-hmm. sisters, about times and dates, we do not need to write you, for you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. And so, again, the scripture is clear. We don't yeah. know when this is going to be. So next time you get on on Google or the YouTube, and there's some prophet out there claiming Jesus is coming back on August 29 of 2025, You say, thank you. I'm moving on with my day because the Lord is not going to be sharing that information with us. But what else does this passage describe about the Lord's second coming?
0: Well, I mean, yeah, we, I, what I just said for you know very well that the day Lord will come like a thief in the night. And so it's kind of one of those things that do you even notice it? It's like life as usual, you're doing your normal thing. And so the point, the call is you know be alert like you've read that in other passages in the bible too like to keep your lamps burning to mm-hmm. keep watching because it's going to be unexpected like you're saying and so continue living in the mundane where you are with your eyes fixed on Jesus so that way you'll you'll know when the time does come Matthew 24 talks about like how there is going to be some like global chaos that might be yeah. a theme too that you're looking around like is is that going to be the new normal <laughs> just global chaos Um, But then we remember that this has been going on since Jesus walked on earth that, you know, the experiences that we're having that he's shared. And Mm -hmm. then, and then even from the beginning of time, um, not just Jesus, but really humanity has just shared in our sin problem. And yeah. so that's, and that's why we look to Jesus to say, you know, redeem us, rescue us, yeah. come, we're looking to you.
1: People often say, like, look at how crazy the world is right now. Jesus has got to be coming soon. And maybe he is, but if I look at Earth's timeline in our history, specifically us living in North America, if there was ever a time where you thought Jesus Christ is for sure coming back, it would have been in the 40s twenties, thirties, forties. When there was the Great mm. Depression, World War One, Great Depression into World War Two, you have you know quote unquote antichrists, these leaders, yeah. whether it's Hideki Tojo, Joseph Stalin, Adolf Hitler, World War. People are being like there's genocide, mm. and there's been uh, natural disasters. It's like if there was ever a moment where you're like, oh, this is it, that would be it. Um, and yet we're still here and we trust that the Lord has called us. There's work to do. People need to hear the gospel. Right. And global chaos, <laughs> I guess is the new normal. And so we roll up the punches and trust God's doing his thing. And we're yeah. here for a reason.
0: Yeah, totally. We didn't
1: miss the bus people. We're okay. Uh,
0: verse three continues kind of in the same, uh, breath here. While people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman and they will not escape. Mm. So it, It's coming, like the inevitability of it. I kind of remember this. You know
1: labor (laughs) pains. I can't really speak to that.
0: Yeah, you're right. I do. Mm -hmm. I do. (laughs) And I'm blessed to know them. And actually, a quick story. This makes me laugh because this last time... Uh, when Cruz was being born, my oldest sister was here my oldest sister has four children of her own and she's only had them via C-section. It was a route that they had to do. And so she was never even really allowed to feel labor pains because it was, no. Nope, you, that's not going to be safe. You need to go and have the baby. So she's there. And looking back, I tell her this, I'm like, I don't know if you're the best person that was supposed to be there <laughs> because I'm actively in labor with Cruz. We're probably going to go to the hospital, you know, later that night or, or I'll have her later that night or something. And so I'm having to stop. Like I can't talk. I'm taking breaths. I'm walking around trying to get like dinner going. We're helping each other, and she is just staring at me, taking pictures. Are you okay? Are you okay? (laughs) What do we do? Or What do we do? Are taking pictures of you, (laughs) taking pictures of me, and and she's like, "Oh, Bobby, you know." And and it was just a funny, funny little moment that we got to share together. But that's the inevitable thing that happens: this gift in the form of new life that comes via labor pains, and and that's one of those things you're not you're not going to escape. I guess unless you're Christina and, and. And that's how, you know, you get brought into the world. But anyway, it's the judgment, the second coming of Jesus, it's inevitable. And so we actually, it's one of those days, I think, that we don't really understand also. And that's another reason why we want to know. We don't fully understand where it's like, what is this going to look like? The mystery of it. And so I think that's another reason why sometimes we try to white knuckle and nail down like, this is what it's going to be, or this is what it's going to be like. Hmm. Instead of just hands open, trusting, saying, okay, your word says this. Uh, We know who you say you are is the truth, and so we we trust that too.
1: Yeah, you trust, and then that God's got the future in his hands. And so when you look at verses 4 through 11, Paul basically is explaining to us that we should not be worried or too anxious about this day of the Lord. He's Mm -hmm. saying, live your lives in the light, walk in truth and transparency where everything is seen, and everything's going to be okay. Now, when you read Paul's writing, he often will use this word sleep, and he uses the word sleep two different ways. One, to talk about physical death. Uh, The second option is actually discussing a spiritual condition, like your heart's beating, your lungs have air in them, but you are spiritually dead to Mm -hmm. Christ. Like You're not aware of his goodness, his presence, these kind of things. So verses 4 through uh, 8 say, But you, brothers and sisters, you're not in darkness, so that this day should surprise you like a thief. You're all children of the light and children of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be awake and sober for those who sleep, sleep at night. And those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. And so like Paul's writings, he's kind of nodding to the armor of God here. Faith and love the breastplate if you go to Ephesians six it talks about the armor of God and the call to armor up and suit up every single day mm-hmm. and this importance to protect really though your heart and your mind because that's where the vast majority of this battle is mm-hmm. uh being being fought and being waged and so he's saying you have to clothe yourselves with christ and 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 do that uh, repent and replace model constantly with what is a lie and with what is true so repenting saying God would you remove you know Envy, and would you replace in my heart like a contentment and a joy of the Lord? Mm. These kind of things. Then verses 9 and 10, he says, God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, like physically now, We might live together with Mm -hmm. him because if you died, you're going to be with Christ. Just like Jesus told the thief on the cross, boom, today you'll be with me in paradise. If you and I are alive here on earth, the Spirit's in us, the Father's on the throne, Christ is at his right side mediating for us right now. Everything is going to be okay. So you and I can be incredibly confident and at peace with whatever the future brings. Another global pandemic, it's okay. Um, Whatever the doctor's test results are, you're in Christ. You know what your future and your eternity are holds because of what God is. And so there's this really cheesy line that's actually pretty accurate. It says, I don't know the future, but I know the one who holds it. And uh, as cheesy as that is, that is a call to continue to stay close to God and trust uh, out of what he's done with Christ. He's good. He, you might be, you might be surprised with some of the current events in, in this world, but God's not. He's ordained days. He's set the timeline in place and he's at work. And so we just trust that we're here for a reason. There's more work to be done and people to be told the gospel.
0: I don't think that's a cheesy line. That actually makes me think of Tim Keller, right? So he was facing, um, another pancreatic cancer diagnosis. And, and one of, I think one of the last few videos that he did it was just a really relaxed setting where people were, I don't know, I'm not sure if it was on social media or online or what, but they had asked him questions like, you know, how do you reconcile this knowing that like this, this isn't good, like this diagnosis isn't good. And Tim, who's, you know, a doctor, Tim Keller, pastor, writer, theologian like just a brilliant, brilliant guy just simply said, like, I guess I just really have to get down to like, Did if Jesus really did die on the cross? Like, if I truly believe that with all that I am, with all of my life, with all that I've done, with my heart, with my entire being, it's gonna be okay. Yeah, that's that was it. Yeah, and so he encourages us. That's what verse 11 just those like that. It might be cheesy, you know, but that's the truth. That's what he's saying. Like, it really is gonna be okay, no matter the timing of it. And verse 11 says, therefore, encourage one another. And build each other up just as in <laughs> fact you are doing.
1: This is funny. Like the other day, I got pulled aside at church. I, I don't even remember who it was, but it was really random. And this, I could write a book about interesting conversations after you get done preaching or people are walking out. And this person grabbed me and they said, Who is the real hero in Lord of the Rings? And I was like, <laughs> Samwise Gamgee. And they were like, Yes, Pastor Clark, like you know Lord of the Rings well. And I was like, You bet your boy knows it. I love those, those books and movies. And if, you, if you've seen the movies and read the books, you understand. If you don't, I highly recommend you watching them. But the premise of the story is there's nerd out on you real quick. Mm. There's this ring that controls like a lot of the power in the world at that time. And whoever what? contains that ring and holds that ring is like all powerful. Well, people have misused power. Shocker, And so they have to bring the ring back to the mountain where it was created and throw it back into the lava to destroy it. So there'll be peace for the trolls and the elves and the dwarfs and the humans and all the creatures. And uh, Frodo is the one who has designated the, the charge to destroy the ring. However, he has his best friend and his sidekick named Sam who comes. There are so many times Frodo wants to give in. He trips and falls, like classic. He's running (laughs) from the bad guy, looking over his shoulder. Oh, random tree root. I fell down. I'm looking back, and then something happens, and he's saved. Sam saves his butt all the time, and he is encouraging and blessing and uplifting. And really, without Sam, Frodo would never have made it. And so when, when it comes to the church and our life, We need to be Sam. We need to be Sams. Like Barnabas is called Mm -hmm. the son of encouragement in the book of Acts. Paul knew him well. He's saying you have to encourage each other because we might tell each other right now in this moment, don't be anxious, have peace. Like the day of the Lord's coming, it's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. But in our flesh, there are twists and turns and there will be moments we are naturally anxious and confused. There's uncertainties and that's part of being a human being. But it's like, encourage each other, remind each other what is true. And uh, so today, think about who you can encourage. I hope you're encouraged just by, you know, reading the word and talking about this on the podcast. Mm -hmm. But there is someone that you can encourage today and say, hey, you're loved. How are you doing? How can I pray for you? You're seen. Everything's okay. You know, God's got a plan. How can I help? How can I love you? How can I serve you? These kind of things.
0: It's a good word. 12 kind of speaks in the same vein too. Now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to acknowledge those who work hard among you who care for you in the Lord and who admonish you hold them in the highest regard and love because of their work, live in peace with each other. So what should we do while we wait for the Lord? Well, this is what verse 12 they're saying, you know, encourage each other, build each Mm -hmm. other up, find these people and, um, live together in peace. Like (laughs) it's kind of one of those things that, um, there's a disillusionment, I think, about what the church is, and it's you know a bunch of saints together loving Jesus, big smiles on. Life and, is easy, nothing to worry about. It's it, it is that in one respect, and then in another kind of non disillusioned respect, it's sinners coming together to repent unto a holy God and to live in unity in a community, and so that's not easy all the time. But these are things I think. That we're being, you know, challenged and charged to do because these are, are good things. Yeah. Like these, these are things that are going to bind you together. These are things that are, that that work, you know. Um, I think that there's been many times in the past where I've been encouraged or whether, I, you know, I'm thinking of countless. I just actually had a few people's faces popped in my head too of Thanksgiving service and they're talking about how they've been blessed. And and it's interesting because isn't this a circle of blessing then? Because they're the ones pe- speaking, like they're giving Thanksgiving testimony about mm-hmm. how, you know, they've experienced and encountered God. And then they're actually blessing us, the congregation, the listeners, because of how the Lord has used the church to bless them. And yeah. so it's just like, wow, it, it it's a, it's kind of a really accurate picture here of, of mm-hmm. verses 12 and 13. And so, so do that. That's yeah. what we do while we wait for the Lord.
1: And then Paul starts to wrap up his letter and gives us more just very practical steps on what we're supposed to do when we bump into conflict within the church as we're waiting yeah. for Jesus to come back. And he says in verse 14, We urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive. Encourage the disheartened. Help the weak and be patient with everyone. Make sure that Mm -hmm. nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always strive to do what is good for each other and for everybody else. So first things first, you got to warn disruptors If there are people who are causing rifts in your church and the flock. You got to address them Mm -hmm. one-on-one. Then if they don't respond, well, you bring somebody else, you bring the elders of the church Mm -hmm. and you say, Hey, like there's a better way we can do this. And what is the problem really? And like, we, Pastor, I have a hundred stories I could share with you, but oftentimes these people are fighting over minor things. And so here at Emmanuel, we're like, we're going to major in the major things, minor in the minor things. We can agree to disagree on some things, but when it comes to orthodoxy and the key tenets of the faith that the early church has held on to, that have been taught in scripture from the gospels to, you know, Acts and then the epistles here— we're going to hold on to those and those things are Mm non-negotiable. All right. And then here he says, repay evil with good. When people talk bad about you, you're responding kindly and in grace. Doesn't mean you're being a a mat that's getting walked on and and mistreated, but we're going to still speak good and seek the good of the other person. And uh, and in this, just as you're going through these conversations and small groups in life, sometimes people will ask, and this is sometimes where a conflict comes or just tension at least is like, what's God's will for my life? What am I supposed to do? And uh, I love mm-hmm. Paul's clarity here because much of God's will is clearly laid out in scripture. Uh, there are times it's possible God has something specific for you. Like maybe he is putting a call in your heart to move and be a missionary somewhere. That's actually like a call he's mm-hmm. put in your life. Sure. Um, however, oftentimes we're called to simply follow God within the context we find ourselves mm. whether you're applying for a job or trying to find someone to to get married to or whatever there's probably a number of good options so long as your values are aligned and you're trying to give God glory and so when it comes to God's will here's how Paul ends this letter he says rejoice always pray continually give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus and then he goes on yeah. to say don't quench the spirit and do not treat prophecies with contempt but test them all and hold on to what is good. Reject every kind of evil. And so, mm. okay, here's God's will. We're rejoicing. We're praying. We're giving thanks. This is good. And then understand the prophetic ministry is alive and active. And when you look at Corinthians, you look at Paul's letters mm. here, like just in First Thessalonians, uh, the prophetic gift is a gift for the Christian that is given to encourage other Christians and uplift the church and glorify God as it's aligned with the word of God. That's why it often says yeah. um, this is a, a prophetic gift is a word for the believer because it has to line up with scripture. Mm-hmm. And like we talked about just maybe a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. this is clearly for the Christian because non-Christians don't necessarily believe what in the Bible. Do? So yeah. if you're quoting scriptures to them, they're going to be like, oh, that's nice. And it doesn't mean the Holy Spirit can't use that. But for us, this prophetic gifting is a truth-telling and a foretelling, saying, "Like here's who God is, here's who we're to be in Christ. And honestly, Mm -hmm. I think if you're in a small group that's healthy and you're in the Word, our small groups, we're often talking about a number of S's. We're talking about the Sermon on Sunday, the Scriptures we read during that week, and the Spirit moments throughout the week. Mm -hmm. There's all kinds of prophetic words given. We just probably don't always label them as such. When people are walking sure. in step with the Spirit and like, oh, you came to my mind and the scripture came and I want to give it to you. That's a prophetic word. You're blessing sure. somebody. Also it also could be a rebuke, but you're pointing them back to the way of the Lord, trying to build them up. And as this mm-hmm. happens, it lines up with scripture. And the source of all these things, this is where we'll end, yeah. is God. It's God himself. Verses 23 mm-hmm. uh, through 24, it says, may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. And the conclusion here is, brothers and sisters, pray for us. Greet all of God's people with a holy kiss. I charge you before the Lord to have this letter read before all the brothers and sisters. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. So thank you, my friends, my family, for joining us for the epic podcast on First Thessalonians 5. We have concluded this letter. And we'll be back to you soon with more.
0: We charge you. Listen to this podcast on every radio frequency that you know and every other frequency that I do That's right.
1: 2 Thessalonians (laughs) coming up shortly. All right, God bless y'all. We'll talk to you soon.
0: The Lord bless you and keep you. Don't make His face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn His face towards you and give Him His peace. Have a great day.